friends, and welcome to another episode of the Dream Nation Love Podcast. I'm your host, Yulia. Today on the show, I have Debbie Archangelis. She is a fellow immigrant who was born in the Philippines and immigrated to the U.S. at a very young age. So she knows all about travel and all about being remote. She also worked as a photojournalist for a lot of NGOs. And if you check out her website, uh, theoffbeatlife.com, she has a lot of really great photos because she's a photographer. Debbie is the creator of the Offbeat Life site and podcast. Like I said, it's theoffbeatlife.com. Check it out. And she's a digital nomad who helps people work remote, start online businesses, start their podcasts, and also learn remote skills. If you want to be location independent and become a digital nomad, check out her site at, you guessed it, theoffbeatlife.com. This podcast will help you find remote work and become location independent. So check out our conversation, check out her site, and there are a lot of really great resources on there for living the offbeat life. Enjoy the show and the conversation. Bye. Thank you so much for being on the podcast again. No problem. I think there's so much irony in trying to do a podcast with the offbeat life and me being somewhere like super rural <laughs> and not having a good internet connection and yeah. uh, not being able to do work. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> yeah. I was actually um, on your site too. And there are a bunch of uh, resources that are really helpful for people who are working remote mm-hmm. so they can have a really good internet connection. Like there's uh, something called Skyrome mm-hmm. Wi-Fi. And I'm definitely going to check that out <laughs> Yeah, because the hardest thing is like, if you're in a really like nice comfy hotel, you know, the internet connection is going to be solid. But if you're like off the beaten path a little bit here and there, the Wi-Fi might not be so great. How's your day going? It's good. We're actually preparing to go back to New York. So we've been packing and stuff. So we'll see what happens. You're in uh, Jacksonville? No, we're in Kissimmee. Oh, Kissimmee. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah, I heard the the storm didn't really affect Florida that much in too many places. It just kind of rained a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of rain, but it wasn't too bad. But I heard New York had it pretty bad. That's why we're like, I hope we have lights on in our apartment. I hope there's no leak because we're like on the top floor. So like, hopefully it's okay. <laughs> Positive vibes, sending you positive vibes. <laughs> After five months, hopefully everything is still intact. <laughs> you know, my my plants made it for like two months with just like those watering jugs inside, like those little like watering bowls. I was like, oh, surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but life goes on. Things things grow and they reproduce. Yeah, thank you so much for making this happen. I, I super, super appreciate your time. And I love what you're doing with the offbeat life. You've been doing it for a while and it's such a great resource. And when you reached out, you were like, let's do a podcast a while back. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Because right now everybody's going remote and it's COVID and people are reevaluating their life choices and where they're living and what they're doing Mm -hmm. and how they're making money. So I was like, this is going to be such an amazing conversation. And I hope it inspires other people to change their life. And just do things that maybe they were scared to do. I think we're at a time right now where you either do it or 
like you don't do anything. <laughs> right? Life is so short. It's like you just have to do it. So you grew up in the Philippines. Your story is really interesting too because you started traveling at an early age, which makes sense because that's what you're doing now. You're you're traveling and you caught the travel bug early. You were growing up with your dad and your mom moved to the States. Yeah. So when I was around two, that's when my mom came to the United States. I stayed in the Philippines with my dad. And when I was around eight or nine, that's when she was able to petition for us. And then we ended up being able to come here to the U.S. And then your dad ended up going to work for a long time, for like 10 years, right? So you were spending time with your mom. So it's kind of like you got to know your parents in like almost almost decades Yeah, exactly. So when I came to the US, I didn't really know my mom, like I would see pictures of her and we didn't have Skype or FaceTime or anything like that then. So it was just like a phone call here and there, I would just hear her voice, maybe I saw her like twice after she went to the US. So it was pretty much coming here to live with a complete stranger in a lot of sense. And then a few years after we came here, my dad ended up going back to what his original job was, which was in the Merchant Marines. And he traveled about eight to 10 months out of the year. And I would see him two two months out of the year. Uh, So yeah, it was a switch. The first half of my childhood was just me and my dad. And then the second half was mostly me and my mom. But it's so interesting, too, because you come from a traveling family. You know, it's it's really brave for a woman to just take off by herself and just forge a new path. So you kind of came from like this background where you were comfortable with travel and it was it was almost like encouraged. Well, it wasn't anything. So when I started traveling, it was for leisure and it was for experience. But when I've ever experienced traveling was really to to immigrate. So it wasn't, I wasn't really introduced to traveling like that until, um, I mean, leisurely traveling until I came to the United States. So traveling for us had a different meaning. It was more of like, okay, we need to leave here because there's really no opportunities where we're coming from. We came from a tiny little town, a tiny little village. We didn't even live in a big city. So there was really no opportunities there. So we either immigrate or it would have been really hard for us. And uh, that's really where traveling started off with me and my family. And then I learned that it can also be fun. (laughs) Right. Because it's a very different experience when you have to leave versus like if you want to go on vacation. So growing up in the Philippines, did you have a dream as a kid? What do you mean dream? (laughs) Like, did you want to become someone, you know, like, did you have a vision of growing up? to be an architect or just be a nurse. A lot of kids about, you know, they dream about being different professions. You know, did you have a dream growing up? Yeah. I mean, even when I was little, I was always into the art. So I knew I I wanted to do something that was artistic. And obviously coming from an immigrant family, that wasn't encouraged. And it was like your starving artist type of thing. So that's really what I was interested in. I knew I wanted to get into something that was in the arts. But obviously as a kid, I didn't really know. I didn't dream to be like, I'm going to be an astronaut or a lawyer or whatever. Most Filipinos grow up to be nurses and it wasn't me. 
they tried to make me into a nurse. I just couldn't. It's not like I'm afraid of blood or anything, but it's just not something that I'm interested in. But yeah, I just, you know, I dreamt of being an artist and something like that. And I think the last interview that we did, I I told you I wanted to be a nun until I found out about boys. And then I was like, well, I guess I can't be a nun. So that's not, that's off the table. Also, because one of my aunts was a nun at that time, and I would visit her in like the mountains and it was so beautiful and peaceful there. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is nice. I could live here. But again, I, I found out about boys as I got older. So I was like, yeah, that's probably not going to be me. <laughs> I think the goal is to just kind of like live a nun life somewhere like beautiful on top of a mountain and just have a quiet life and then just do whatever you want. Yeah. When I used to visit her, it was kind of crazy how I thought it was really cool because it was in a really beautiful area and a beautiful background. There was a lot of mountains. It's like forest everywhere. But the thing is, you literally prayed all day long. Like they would wake up, they would go to church and then they would pray for like hours and then they would go to do their chores stop and then pray again for hours like it was it's a pretty crazy life like I don't think many people understand what it's like to be a true nun now you see them in churches and they don't even have habits anymore but yeah that's what I saw but I was a weird kid too so (laughs) but it's great you get to see that too because it's good to see lots of different things that a lot of people don't get to see too. And you have like a, just a different understanding of things. So how did you start creating the offbeat life? Like what brought you to creating this company? Well, I didn't actually, I didn't start the podcast or my business. I didn't know that it was actually going to become a business, like a full-time business for me. It really came out of me being really curious about being a digital nomad and being a remote worker. I was traveling a lot in my 20s and I would meet so many people that were doing this and they were able to make this sustainable. And at the time that I started the podcast, I was at a nine to five, pretty much what everybody would consider a dream job where I was making decent amount of money. I was making pretty good amount of money. And I didn't have a lot of hours to where I think I was working 20, 25 hours a week. And my company was amazing. My coworkers was great. So people thought I was kind of crazy to have left this, especially, you know, during a time where I was like, oh my gosh, you, you pretty much have everything. You can take off whenever you want. You could do whatever you want. But I was having panic attacks every four months because it wasn't anything that I thought that I wanted to be, you know, like when you had a dream when you were a kid, this is not what I dreamt about. So it was really bothering me and I would have panic attacks and then I remembered all those people that were living the life that I wanted. So it's like, why don't I do something. So my fiance at that time was really into podcasting and I didn't want to start a blog. So I ended up starting a podcast. I'm not a technical person at all. So this was a very uh, big leap for me. And it just snowballed from there. And then six months later, I was approached by two brands to see if they could sponsor my show. And that's when I realized that it could become a business and I could create income from this. And then a year and a half later, I was able to leave my full-time job and do this full-time and make it into a business. 
That's amazing. You know, a lot of people have misconceptions about monetizing your podcast too, that you have to have like a certain amount of downloads. I think it's like right now it's, it's about like 22, $25 for like a thousand downloads. That's how they're being charged. But you have some different advice, which has been your experience too for monetizing the podcast. And I was wondering if you can share that. Absolutely. So the reason why I was able to leave my full-time job and make this really sustainable is I didn't follow the industry standard, like what most people will tell you to do. When I started, everybody was telling me, you're too new. You can't make money from this. You need to have like hundreds of thousands of downloads to even make this worth it. A month, by the way. And then I was lucky enough that my podcast, I would interview a ton of incredible entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs. And one of them was talking to me about it. And he was like, that's ridiculous. If you follow that, you'll never be able to leave your, your job. So he was like, price it the way you want to price it and just test it out and see what happens. And that's what I did. And and then within eight months, I was making uh, five figures a month. So it was something that I didn't expect. But because I didn't follow what the, the standard was, that's that's how I was able to do it. That's great. And you have some pretty great reach right now. You know, after you've been doing it for a while, you have some pretty great reach on, uh, on the downloads. And, um, you know, like, I'm sure through working with, with brands for the podcast, do you learn a lot? And uh, what's been your biggest takeaway from working with brands on your podcast? Like people think that it's so hard <laughs> to do it. It's really not. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. It's it's what you create, right? I create a system. They know what they're going to get. So it's just very simple. There's just a system that I have that, that I do that it just makes it simple. It's you know, there's no back, like too many back and forth. And I think when you're brand new, that's one of the things that you're really scared about. It's like, how do I price myself? Like, what services do I offer? How do I do this? How do I do that? And all of that stuff just takes time. It takes a lot of testing and seeing what's working and what's not working. So it's just, you know, going out there and doing it. And I say, even from the beginning, try to make money, try to pitch, try to practice all of those things. Because once you are in front of a brand that you really love, then you know exactly what to do. So really, that's what you have to do. You just have to do the work. I think people who are able to do this and able to make income with anything that they really enjoy and love, it's just putting yourself out there. There's really no big secret. It takes a really long time to do it too. Um, and it may seem like, oh, but that's not true with you. You made money after six months. But also I failed three other businesses before starting this one. So I learned a lot. And that's really why it seems like it was fast, but it's really not. It's been, I don't know, eight, 10 years in the making until I finally made something work. <laughs> Definitely. What were the other companies that you started? So one of the companies that I had was an e-commerce business where I was selling jewelry online. Another one was a website for children. And we were also doing uh, classes for kids in a brick and mortar. And then the other one was uh, selling promotional products to B B2B. So it was for businesses. Love it. I love it. Well, that's the journey, right? You never know like where it's going to take you. And then I used to have an acting teacher and she used to call it failing up, right? Because every time you fail, you learn something. 
So you learn all these new things every time you fail. And that brings you to whatever you do now, because now you know what not to do. Because <laughs> in the end, if you're applying systems, the systems are kind of similar. You know, like every every job is different. It has its own challenges. But, but systems stay the same to an extent. <laughs> and I love that, you know, you talked about on one of your Instagram posts, the difference between an entrepreneur and a freelancer. You mentioned that a freelancer exchanges their time for money and an entrepreneur sets up systems. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really depends on what you want to do. I know a lot of people don't want to be entrepreneurs because it does take a lot of time and effort, especially in the beginning, and they like to be hands-on. So that's really up to you. And obviously, people like me, I, I love creating systems. I like having people do do the work. You know, I'm pretty lazy. I call myself a lazy entrepreneur. So that's why I create all the systems because I'm, you know, I get, I get lazy. <laughs> I love it. I got into systems by listening to the Tim Ferriss podcast and he had so many wonderful systems on it. And I started implementing them and I was like, wow, they really work. Why aren't more people using these <laughs> systems? Cause they make your life so much easier. I was wondering if you have any favorite systems that you want to share with the listeners. Yeah, honestly, there's so many different apps that you can use. But one of the really basic ones, and I know a lot of people will probably say this, but it's just checklists, right? Whether it's for me or the people that work with me, it just makes it so much easier. There's a lot less back and forth. And it, it lets me know that things are getting done without having to, you know, be over somebody's shoulder. So that's one of the things that I'm really a big believer in in terms of getting your work done and honestly systems like it's more comp like it's a bit complicated because uh there's different ones for anything that you're doing so since i have people working for me i create systems for each of them and it just makes it easier for me to be able to work for them and then creating templates checklist all of that stuff for everything else that i'm doing so that it's just streamlined throughout the whole thing but it's i feel like it's different for everybody because your needs are so different so yeah, I think again, it's just testing it out. What works for you may not work for me and vice versa. Definitely. Like I'm obsessed with Trello for me. Like I'm like, everything lives in Trello. So I use like, aha, and I use Trello. And for me, that makes it easier because then people can just like move things from a different box to just be like done. And, and then I don't like micromanaging, you know, I don't like checking in and being like, is that done? And nobody likes that. So I love, I love using Aha. I love using Trello. I'm also a huge slack. <laughs> I'm a huge slacker. I'm like, I'm like, I love communication. I don't think there's ever a time where you can like not have enough communication, but when everything is set up properly, you don't have to communicate that well because everything is already set up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Trello is actually what I use for, for people that are working with me. It's super helpful. And I just check it once a week to make sure that things are getting done. And it's, it's really easy. So easy to use. It's so easy to use. Um, you know, I, I know that you also have a few classes that you offer online and people can sign up for these classes and they can learn different systems. You also teach them how to monetize their podcast. You also have a workshop that helps people set up their life so they can go remote. And these are such great classes right now for 
people who are exploring a different life, right? Who are wanting to do something different. My next question is, what are the highest paying jobs that you're seeing online right now? So it's different with with everyone. But some of the things that I've been seeing, I think that it's really interesting is anything in marketing. Like if you know how to do Facebook ads well, if you know how to do copywriting really well, those are like jobs that people pay top dollar for, right? So there are regular writers that could just write an article and a lot of people can do that. You know, it takes some time, but a good copywriter is really hard to find, especially with like email marketing or if you're doing ads. So they get paid a lot of money. I know somebody getting paid like a hundred or more dollars an hour just for that. So it's, it's pretty great. And if you know how and then you can actually show people that you could you know how to do it being really knowledgeable with like Facebook ads Google ads all of that stuff is is pretty incredible also SEO if you're knowledgeable with that so anything that pretty much helps people get themselves out there make more money you can you can make pretty decent amount and there's people that are also like uh, very specific virtual assistants they have very specific niches for that 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 can make you a lot of money as well yeah and I want to add that I've been freelance for the last 12 years so I've been uh, making a living just being contract and I work at ad agencies mostly and then I have my own business so I have my own clients it's possible people are like you've been doing freelance for 12 years I'm like usually it's repeat clients you know if you do a good job people will hire you and then they'll also recommend you to other people so I've been very lucky because I haven't had to promote myself in the last probably like six years because I, I created, you know, my, my reputation and I've done good work and people like to hire me and I'm also nice <laughs> and that usually helps too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now that everybody's going remote, I hope more ad agencies are going to get comfortable with bringing on more remote workers because I've been pushing it for it forever. Cause sometimes you know, you're in the office and it's just such a waste of time because you can do it at home and I'll save commuting time and and everything else. What I'm seeing right now is that the U S passport is just pretty much useless (laughs) because we're banned from like 26 countries. I think 28 countries at this point due to our COVID due to our handling of COVID. And uh, I'm really starting to think about how that's going to affect working abroad, you know, it's like Americans have to get like a second passport until everything is cleared. Like, when are we going to be able to travel again? I think we can only travel to a few countries now. It's like Croatia. Oh, I forget. There's a whole list of them, but it's only like a handful of countries, like maybe under 10. So it's, it's been so surreal, but I still think if you want to take off and go work in a different country, you know, like, (laughs) the pandemic might be the perfect time if you're being very, very, very brave. You know, if you wear a mask, if you wear like a whole entire hazmat suit, just get on a plane and and decide you want to set up shop in like Croatia. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to travel to do that, I don't think now is the best time to do it. I think unless it's necessary, I don't think you're going to die without traveling for a year or two. I think everyone's going to be okay. And there's a lot of local places to travel to in the U.S. And I think most Americans really underestimate our own country, that there's so many beautiful things that are happening here. And I find it also interesting that Americans are like panicking that they can't travel, but they're really realizing 
realizing what it's like for so many other countries before who were not allowed or you know, they're banned from other places. Now people know what it's like for those countries and maybe they could sympathize and empathize with those struggles too. So in a a lot of ways, I think this is kind of like a wake-up call or maybe even a good thing because we know what a privilege it is to travel, right? Like when, when I talked about when I was little, this is not something that we talked about, you know, I'm, I'm going to have a gap year or after college, I'm just going to travel. Like that wasn't a reality for me if I had stayed in the Philippines. And I think in the U.S. we do take that for granted. And I think in a lot of ways, this may be a good thing because you're not going to to take this for granted again, because it's a huge, huge privilege for Americans to have that freedom to be forward, to travel to pretty much any country that they want. So I think my advice is you're not going to die if you don't travel for a year. You're going to be okay. You can travel in the U.S. There's so many gorgeous spots here, and you're going to be fine. (laughs) I think so, too, and I think it's interesting that RV sales are going up, too. So people are reconsidering travel, and they're also reconsidering the way they do remote work, too, because you can just get into an RV, and you can just drive out to a national park and set up shop. And you get really, really creative about where you're working. And I think that is true about immigrants traveling. Like I grew up with a single mom and we immigrated from Russia when I was eight. And I, we didn't go on vacations ever. Like, (laughs) I don't remember my mom. My mom maybe took me to like a resort once. I remember when we were in like in Russia and like a little resort, but like, but that was like company paid resort, you know, like vacations were not a part of my family life growing up. And I don't think I traveled until I was in college. I I discovered study abroad and I was like, I am out. (laughs) I am going and I'm traveling and I'm going to just travel as much as I can because I'm, I'm in college and I have the opportunity to, but I think growing up, you know, you see a lot of people going on vacations. You see a lot of friends enjoying travel. Then you see the, social class divide too. You know, you're like, okay, well, my family doesn't travel. So it's really different growing up, knowing that, and then being able to be a grown up and just really appreciate it and know that, you know, you are giving your kids a gift because it's something that you didn't have when you were growing up. So you're like, I hope you appreciate it. (laughs) You know, you have a few workshops that you offer. What is your top selling workshop? And what's the one that like people ask for the most? Actually, I created them because people were asking for, for both of them and they're so completely different from each other. So one that I have, I have a program called How to Create a Profitable Podcast. And it really takes you step by step on how to launch a show, how to grow it, and then monetize it even if you're a newbie in the industry so that I actually started a whole new website just for that because I had so many people emailing me and asking me questions that I thought it would just be a lot easier if we had a dedicated site for that as well. I and mean, it's how to create a podcast.com. And if you go there, we have a ton of free resources on starting a podcast, monetizing all of that stuff. And I'm also offering a free masterclass where I share with you tips on how you can launch like a pro because that's one of the things that people are afraid to do right now. It's like, how do I launch it? I don't know what to do. So I give a lot of um, secret sauce on how to do that. 
And then the other thing that I have is a learn remote skills membership for people who want to start working online. And one of the biggest things that people also have been asking me is like, how do I learn remote skills? Because I've never had a remote job or even if I had, it was just not enough skills that the pay was just not enough. So I'm actually the the membership is opening up in a month where we teach new remote skills to our members every single month so you just keep adding every single month to the current skills that you have and we have leading experts who are going to be teaching you that so that's another thing that we're offering so that's awesome that sounds really great and i love the fact that it's like a new skill every month so you really get to build your skills That's really great. I'll share that on the podcast as well. What has been the greatest lesson that you've learned being a digital nomad? That it doesn't, I don't know. It's like planning things doesn't always work out. So you have to be really open to a lot of different things because things can happen. And when I first started, like everything would frustrate me. And then after a while, I was just like, yeah, that's kind of the norm. You have to just go with the flow with everything. And yeah, that's kind of how life should be, at least for me. (laughs) Well, you build up resilience too, and you become a little bit more tenacious and you get more creative about figuring out, you know, how to make things go. And, and you also let go a little bit too. You just go, all right, like, I can't control everything. (laughs) Let's take that up again. Like even with the podcast, like we were trying to record and I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm so sensitive about time, right? Like time management and, and, you know, just being considerate of other people's time. But sometimes life has like Murphy's law and you can't control it all. Yeah, absolutely. You never know, especially when you're working uh, remotely, especially with the internet and all of that stuff, you never know what's going to happen. Definitely. You know, when it comes to working remote and finding remote jobs, I know that you also help people find jobs and you give courses on how to land a remote job because you might not land every remote job too. What's been your experience with helping people land remote jobs? Like what advice can you give them? Like people are thinking, okay, there's not enough. Okay, so since COVID happened, a lot of people lost their jobs, but also a lot of companies have been, a lot more companies have been going remote. So there's more jobs out there. So don't worry, it's not going to run out. It's going to be okay. And it just takes patience and again, testing things out, testing how you interview, also understanding your skill sets and what you can really offer to these companies. So it's, it just depends, right? That's why it's always good to learn skills, especially if it's something that you're really interested in doing and then just building up on that. And honestly, that's why we are starting the membership program because there's so many people that may only have a certain amount of skill set for a specific niche, but they want to keep building up on it. And that's what we really want them to do is constantly learn because the more you learn, the more you earn and building up and learning all of those things is never a bad thing. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's really it. I mean, if you take out remote out of remote work, it's just work at the end of the day. So there's really no big difference except you can work from, from anywhere from home. And that's really where the big difference is, is just having that freedom. But 
you know, whatever skills that you have now, you can definitely transfer that to any remote job. So don't be intimidated by it. It's not it's not going to to hurt you. <laughs> it's work at the end of the day. And, you know, the, you know, I think there's also a misconception between jobs, work and a career, too. And I was wondering if you can speak a little bit to how to build a career being a remote worker. Yeah, I mean, as something that is just a job is just you just show up, right? You show up every single day, you get paid, and then that's that's it, which is fine. We've all had that. I had that. And, you know, you it's just for you to survive. <laughs> but a career is something that you really nurture and you want to get really good at and you want to be a leading expert in it. And you want that to be part of who you are as a person. And it's probably something that you're passionate about. And it may even lead to becoming a business or uh, something else. So yeah, that's pretty much at least for me, the difference between a job and an actual uh, business or a career for you. And I guess, I guess my question is like, you know, how do you, how do you build a career online? Because being remote, sometimes people have fears of, oh, I'm not in the office. Like I have a few friends that are managers and they went to Yale and Yale teaches you that you have to be there in person, like use your presence to create power, all that stuff. And they're kind of like a little shocked because that's out of the equation now. So creating a presence is not even a part of it. So you have to use different skills. So, um, how can people build a career while being a remote worker? I don't agree with that at all. I think you could actually create a bigger impact online than if you can do in person. Obviously, it's it's different. You know, if you're there in person, yes, there's more person to person. Yes, you may have a bigger like, you know, you could probably create an impact on 50 people. But if you're online, you can literally create an impact with a million people. So you see it a lot. There's people who build their business and brand by creating a huge platform for themselves in specific places and social media or even their website. So it's not true. You could definitely be there and create a bigger impact even when you're not face to face. And people will like you because of your content and your personality. And you can still share that through video, through podcasts, through writing, all of that stuff. It's just different. I think that type of mentality where you have to be face to face is very outdated. And that's not where the world is going right now. That's why um, you see people really, especially during COVID, realizing that there is more to just that face-to-face type thing, you you can create an impact even when you are online, when you're working remotely. There's so many people out there right now taking advantage of that and making a ton of money from that. And they're still pretty charismatic. You know, we still watch them. Otherwise, why, why would we watch people on television? You know, like there's so much to it. I think people think of a career goes different ways, right? Because you can think of influencers, you can think of people like that. But I'm also thinking about like everyday people who are just like in management, you know, who are just like, how do I make a career, you know, who are in middle management, who are in upper management, you know, whether it's for a pharmaceutical company or for a marketing company or for a tech company, you know, they're like, how do I, how do I build a career? And I think it's a lot it's a mentality, like you said, right? Like, I think if you're in tech, you're going to be like, I'm remote. You know, Twitter is going to be remote for the rest of the year. I think Squarespace is going that way too. 
And you realize if you have the right tools and if you have the right systems in place, you don't have to be there in person and you can still have a career. It's, it's really non-issue, right? If you're in tech, yes, you can have and build a career online. And I don't see the point of actually going into an office. I think being in an office really distracts you. I've been in an office before. And instead of doing the work, I would be talking to my coworkers or you would be distracted about other things. And you actually are only working half of the day and not really the whole day. So what's the point? And also for businesses, it's, a lot of money out of their pocket to rent out an office and all of that stuff. When you can save all of that money, they're, the workers that you have are probably more productive at home. I know there are people who complain about that, like they need an office environment, but you can get used to it. You're going to be okay unless you live in like a box or something, then go to a cafe, do something else. And there's also co-working spaces if that's really something that you you hate or obviously right now we can't do that. But yeah, there's there's other options and it's it's gonna be okay. I think it's really people's mentality and how you approach it that's gonna stop you. Now, if you really don't wanna work remotely, I don't think you should. There's going to be, if things are opening up now, and I'm sure you're going to be fine. I'm not here to tell people that everyone should work remotely. I don't think it's for everybody. But if you really want to do it, just do it. Stop giving excuses and just start doing it. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's so true. And I think that, you know, a lot of people who love being in the office use the office for a social life because they fail to develop a social life outside of work because they're working a lot. So they rely on that human interaction for our life. And, and I say, you are spending too much time at work, (laughs) focus on building a life outside of work. So work is not filling that emotional gap of having a community because your coworkers are your coworkers. And, you know, like I, I prefer to just stay acquaintances with coworkers, you know, like we're connected on Instagram and stuff, but my life is my life and they're very separate. And I can get through work because I have a very strong home life and friend life and a social network and it's vice versa too, right? Like I can get through my social life too, because I have my career and I can focus on that too. So when the one thing is like up and down, you can look at the other thing and go, well, I have that, but I think boundaries are great. (laughs) And I think not finding, um, entertainment, at work, you know, I don't think it's about ping pong tables anymore or any of that stuff or, you know, it's about like, does this work make me happy? Do I have a mission behind it? Would I show up to this job if I wasn't getting paid for it? And if I even wasn't working with the same people, because I think a lot of people stay in the same jobs because they're like, oh, I'm friends with everyone. It's going to be weird. It's like going to a new school, you know, you're like, oh, it's scary you know, so many reasons why people stay in the same job, but it's okay to try new things. Some things work out and some things don't. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So, so now that you're an adult, what's your dream as an adult? Uh, I think I'm doing it now. Well, not think I am doing it now. So this is really where I wanted to be. I didn't think it was going to be this, but I'm glad that I did all of those different business. I tried so many different things because it led me here. And that's why it's so important to really go for the things that you were really interested in and things that you think you would be interested in because it's going to lead you to places that you don't even know it's uh, that's there. 
it's gonna it's gonna set you off on a on the offbeat life <laughs> exactly <laughs> i love it well debbie thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me i love what you're doing you're helping so many people learn new skills i feel like you should like open up your own like remote university next i'm like i see the offbeat life university because you're helping a lot of people and what's wonderful is you can help people outside of the u.s too you know you can reach so many people through video and so many people want these skills and so many people want to work. You're so inspiring. And thank you for making the time twice to speak to me. And um, I'm just so excited to see what uh, new things you roll out soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Thanks. I had a great time too. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning into the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dream Nation Love. It's not Dream Nation podcast, it's Dream Nation love because I think my single mission in life is to teach people how to love a little bit more and together we can save the world. So it's Dream Nation love, share it with your friends, have a great day and go out and make the world a better place.